Rashida. And I'm Nikita. As you can probably tell, our other hosts aren't here today. Today it's just me and Nikita, but welcome or welcome back to your weekly book group. Before we start today's podcast, as a trigger warning, there are mentions of mental health issues and suicide in today's episode. If you wish to skip ahead, the timeframes will be in the description box below. Also, as a spoiler warning, we will be discussing All the Bright Places by Jennifer Niven and the characters within the story, so skip ahead if you don't want the book spoiled for you. So just to start off this episode, we're going to start by talking about the synopsis of the story and important themes that were talked about. So this is a story of two suicidal teenagers who both deal with depression, Violet and Theodore Finch. Violet is a popular cheerleader, whereas Finch is otherwise known as a loner. And that's how he's described in the book and in the synopsis of the book. And I think this distinction was especially important because I need to show that mental health can affect anybody. I feel like a lot of people don't only see mental health as impacting a certain type of individual or certain people. However, it's important to know that everybody deals with their own loss, guilt, and burdens, and everybody has their own type of coping mechanisms. Exactly. And like, just because someone's not showing it on the outside, like that doesn't mean that they don't have their own problems on the inside and that like, they're not struggling, they're not like struggling with mental health or like depression internally. And I feel like that's like often mistaken. Like people feel like, oh, like if you're depressed, like you have to look sad all the time, but it's not necessarily the case. Like you can still be sad on the inside, but appear like normal on the outside. Like it's not necessarily something that's easy to point out in an individual Exactly. I feel like people have such misconceptions over like certain certain mental health issues where depression is just when you're extremely sad or OCD is where you just need to be extremely clean all the time. And it's kind of like those misconceptions which lead to us forming our own kind of biases of different mental health issues. And I feel like that can be really harmful is it kind of forces people not to talk about it or reach out for help because they feel that they're going to be judged or they're going to kind of people are going to tell them that they don't have that issue because they don't fit that specific box you know what I mean exactly and I also feel like people like might compare themselves to others like if someone seems more like like struggling more on the outside than someone than like yourself then you might feel like your problems are not as valid as the other person since you're not like so outward about it and then that kind of like discourages people from like talking about their own problems or like reaching out for help like you said Exactly. And I feel like a lot of the stigmatization also comes from different communities. I feel like there's a certain level of awkwardness or restraint when talking about such issues in different communities. I feel like it's not as accepted or um, kind of encouraged to talk about. And I feel like that's also something that we need to spread more light on in general. And yeah. I feel like even like with Violet's sister, for example, she was killed in a car crash and how Violet dealt with it was kind of distancing herself from her old life and her hobbies. And she had this intense kind of survivor's remorse, which I want to talk about for a second as well, where just to mention for those of you who don't know what it is, survivor's guilt is defined as feelings of guilt that occur after surviving a life-threatening traumatic event when others did not. So it's kind of feeling that this person died or went through these serious injuries but you came out unscathed and it's feeling guilty about that exactly and like if someone like as close as like a sister like someone as close as a sister for Violet like for, for her to lose someone like that but for her to survive is very like hard on her mental health like she probably felt so guilty and not only like having to deal with the fact that she lost someone close like her sister but also that like she survived and wasn't and like isn't able to share that moment with like her family because they're also grieving it's just like a lot on her like emotionally exactly and I feel like it also comes to that point where she doesn't know how to deal with it because something that big she would probably turn to someone like her sister to deal with 
and she doesn't have that kind of rock to lean against in that type of situation which also makes it that much harder yeah and I feel like Finch also like kind of relates to that a lot with his family situation if you want to talk more about that yeah so exactly Finch dealt with an abusive father and a family who abandoned him and even his relationship with his mom changed completely after he walked out on them and his mom can no longer find it in her to care about Finch's issues and so with all of these factors playing a part Finch dealt with bipolar disorder disorder, depression and he often faces denial and doesn't want to accept his diagnosis so this often caused him not to ask for help and his struggle with mental health health often got worse because of this and he was often dealing with it alone and so this is another factor I feel like many people deal with denial because they don't want to bear society's weight and just have them look at him a different way or look at them in a different way and I feel like that kind of idea that they're gonna judge you or they're gonna change the way they look at you is so harmful as well yeah, and also just like I feel like that's something that brought the characters together is the fact that they both don't have anyone to lean on anymore so they kind of like feel that like they both can like relate to each other's problems and that's like what brought them together and made them like I guess more attractive to each other in a way and that like kind of started like their romantic relationship. Exactly and I feel like just seeing how different their pasts were but how similarly they deal with their issues and how they cope it was also really interesting to see because not many people go through what or what they went through and end up in the right place at the right time meeting each other and helping each other get through it you know and I feel like they were lucky to have that person to lean on after they lost such important people in their lives but not many people have that and I feel like it's so important that we talk about how there's so many resources out there so I feel like this is a good time just to mention how there are different resources and there are different places that you can reach out to if you or somebody you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts. So Nikita, if you want to talk about the different places that you can possibly reach out to. Yeah, for sure. So we have three places that we'll we'll be putting in our description for this podcast episode. But if you are struggling or you know someone that is, then we'd highly recommend reaching out to the Canada Suicide Prevention Service or the National Institute of Mental Health. These are both like very reliable um, places that can just help you and even, and they won't like, it can be anonymous. They won't necessarily report to you or keep any records of you. It's just somewhere you can go if you need help. And even just reaching out to a trusted family member or friend is important because you, you don't have to face all your battles on your own. And there's always someone that's going to listen to you. So just reach out to anyone that you think would, that you trust. And it's important to have that trust because if you just reach out to anyone random, then it's easy for you to feel like you're not being listened to or that like you're not appreciated. So if you go to someone that you trust and then, then you can have like someone that you know will listen to you for sure. Exactly. And I feel like it's also just important to emphasize that there's always going to be somebody out there who's willing to listen and willing to be there for you as a rock, no matter who it is. And I feel like it's just the matter of finding that person and being able to vent to them, just like Nita said. And even if it's like a complete stranger, there's always going to be someone. Yeah. And so just after mentioning that, I do want to get back into the book a little bit. So how Finch and Violet actually meet was that they climbed the same bell tower at the same time and they were both planning to jump off. However, they convinced each other not to and they're soon after paired together for a school project. 
And within that school project, they're supposed to travel across and explore the state. And while they're doing that, they develop a romantic relationship. So Finch essentially helps her process her sister's death and get back into the things that she once loved. So the hobbies that she used to once enjoy. And this was very healing and beneficial for Violet. And she was able to mend her relationships with the people that she was close to before. And it was kind of upsetting to see that this relationship didn't have as great of an effect on Finch as we all hoped while reading the book. However, with that being said, his depression often got worse. And as his depression got worse, things began to pile up and he ended up committing suicide, as mentioned before. So I feel like this was also important to really highlight in the book because I feel like a lot of people when reading such romantic, mainly teen targeted books, we often expect romance to fix it all. We expect romance to be the band-aid for various mental health issues and kind of mend broken relationships as well. However, this book kind of showed the reality of that and showed that this isn't always the case. Yeah, for sure. I feel like everyone always expects like these type of books that are meant for like teens to be with a happy ending and, or just like like show like, oh, true love can be the answer to everything. But that's not like realistic like yeah finding your person can be can be important but it doesn't necessarily guarantee that all your problems will be solved or that like that person can make you happy like you can still struggle with stuff while also being with someone you love it it's they don't like both they don't like solve each other's problems or anything exactly and I feel like there's like this important saying where you have to be able to help yourself before you can help somebody else you need to be able to deal with your own your own past and your own kind of experiences individually and be able to accept that they have happened to you in order to help somebody else with their past and help them come to terms with it as well I feel like you need to be on within you have to have an understanding with yourself first which is what I'm trying to say and I think that also contributed to why this book was like had such a big impact on people. It was because it didn't have like a happy ending. Like there, like he did end up committing suicide, and because of that, like it really affected a lot of the readers and made them realize like how important mental health is and why like if you're struggling with it, you need to reach out to someone. Exactly, and like there wasn't, and it showed that there isn't always a happy ending, and that's not how life really works. Is that life is a lot harsher and it's a lot more realistic in that sense and we're I'm speaking on my behalf but I'm really glad that Jennifer decided to portray that in the book and showed that that's how real life actually is yeah me too it really brought like that realistic element to fictional characters like even though they don't exist in the real world like their struggles are still something that a lot of people that read who reading the book might relate to Exactly. And so now that we've covered most of the important parts of the synopsis of the book, I do want to move on to how media can have a huge influence on mental health and movie adapt and the movie adaptation of all the right places. So as we know, media often plays a role in shaping how the public views mental health and illness. So for example, people living with mental illnesses are often portrayed as being dangerous, violent, or unpredictable in movies. Do you agree, Nikita? like out of the ordinary or like that they're not like in their right mind when that's not necessarily the case like they're just struggling with something that's internal rather than external exactly and so when you see so many news stories that are on the topic of violent acts and this is a lot 
and a lot of this comes from just new in the news and media specifically focusing on violent acts committed by individuals with mental health issues and they focus on the on the idea that the violent acts were committed by people who are struggling internally and they make it a point to really emphasize that and I feel like that's where the problem lies is that many people make that connection between violent act and mental illness and draw the line between the two when in reality they might not even be related. It can be incited by something completely different, you know, and I feel like they never talk about the positive news on like the recovery of these same individuals or them getting the help that they needed and they deserved or talking to the people that they just wanted to talk to, you know. Focus more on the negative part of like, oh, like this violent act happened because they're struggling with mental health rather than like considering that it could have been external factors or it could have been something else besides the fact that it was a mental health issue. Exactly. And that kind of forms society's like connotations of mental health. And that's where all the stigmatization comes from. And so especially with the adaptation of All the Bright Places, for example, if you didn't know, it was turned into a movie and you might or may not have seen it. And to be very honest with you, it did have some conflicting reviews and opinions. So many people had different ideas on the way that All the Bright Places, the movie version, kind of depicted a relationship in the eyes of mental illness. So for example, A quote on Insider states that All the Right Places never manages to strike a balance between telling a cutesy teen romance story and exploring darker themes of suicide and trauma. And even some people that watched the movie on Twitter agreed that it's not some cheesy rom-com slash coming-of-age story and that it discusses serious topics and Netflix should add a trigger warning. I feel like the main issue really comes from the idea that Netflix portrayed it in the sense that the main idea was the relationship and it was Theodore Finch and Violet helping each other and in a sense fixing each other and fixing what was broken. However, that wasn't the point of the book itself. The book itself was to highlight various mental health issues and coming together and kind of having that person to talk to about it. Yeah, I agree. I feel like Netflix did it more so like related to romantic relationships to like attract more viewers and to appeal to the audience. Whereas like mental health, like it's important to portray mental health in a correct context, because if you describe it as something that like is related to a relationship that can really take away from the main message of books such as All the Right Places. And I feel like with that, we just want to leave you with the idea that media, news outlets, and platforms like Netflix really create a one-sided perspective on mental health issues such as depression and suicide and bipolar disorder, and that it's important to realize that there's so much more depth to it that requires understanding. And I feel like it's important to look at it through different perspectives and try to understand what people are going through in their own shoes. And with that being said, we just want to emphasize that if you really want to get a full understanding of what someone's struggling with mental health is facing and like the struggles they they have in their everyday lives then we'd highly recommend reading all the bright places and now to move on to our next segment and just play a fun game to wrap up this episode um we'll be playing two resolutions and a lie so this is basically just um a variation of two truths and a lie where instead of saying statements we're going to be giving you um new year res- new year's resolutions and we'll just be guessing which one of ours are truths and which one of ours are lies nikita do you want to go first or should i um sure so, you know, with the new year, I've been thinking about some things I want to do this year and some things I want to accomplish. And so um, I will just give these three. So I want to work out more. 
I want to read more books and I want to eat healthier. Which one do you think is the lie? You want to work out more. That is false. Really? As much as it might be a surprise, I want to read, I don't want to read more. I want to read less actually, because I think I spent too much time reading. Oh my gosh, that's such a surprise to me. I would have expected yeah. you to want to read more, but like expand the genres that you currently read. That's you know also, I mean? yeah. I think I was, I was thinking more like quantity wise, because um, like, because if you guys don't know, me and Hershita use this reading app. It's called Storygraph. And it just like basically tracks like the books we read in each year. And I was looking at 2021 and how many books I read. And I was like, wow, I actually read a lot. And I kind of wasted a lot of time reading when I should be doing other stuff. My problem with Storygraph is that by the time that I remember that I have the app, I'm done reading the book that I was just reading. And I wonderful thing about it. You can still read it and add it as a read book and then add the date. No, but I feel like a huge part of it is seeing what other people are currently reading. Like nobody's gonna see anything on my currently read because there's gonna be nothing on there. Basically, if you if you guys know Goodreads, if you have Goodreads, I would highly recommend switching over to Storygraph because in my opinion, it's better and it's also not owned by Jeff Bezos. So yes, (laughs) but um yeah anyways what I was trying to say was that I saw how many books I read on that app and I was like this is too much so that's why that's the lie do you want to share yours now Rashida yeah I need to think about it hold on okay so I think I want to say I want to travel and go visit places in eastern Canada I want to go road tripping with my friends this summer and I want to read at least three mystery books this year. That's so hard. Okay. I I know. know. Have fun with that. I know for sure it's a summer road trip because like 18, just finished high school. Like who wouldn't want to do that? That's the lie or that's a resolution? That's the truth. I believe that's the truth. Yeah, you're right about that. Okay, yeah. And then see the thing about Eastern Canada is that like I don't necessarily know if that's where you want to go. Like I know you want to travel, but I don't know if that's where you want to go. But then again, if you're going with your friends, wouldn't that be where you would go? But then I also know that you want to like kind of expand your books because you're bored of the same like basic type of books. okay I'm gonna say say eastern Canada because like eastern Canada is not that amazing no offense to anyone that lives in eastern Canada (laughs) but I think you want to go more international like outside of Canada so I'm gonna say that's the lie you're wrong actually oh my gosh is it the it's the mystery books yeah what listen listen I'm nothing against mystery books I just I personally like I've tried reading them before right but I just can't get into them I feel like like I don't know offended just a tad bit considering I've been trying to tell you about some of my mystery books but (laughs) I've been listening to you I just (laughs) I haven't gotten into them myself but maybe one day no but I really do want to visit places in eastern Canada I feel like it's so beautiful down there and it would be such a nice travel place then you could be like you've been all over in Canada because you went to like western Canada exactly oh but I haven't been to like northern Canada I want to go up north for a little bit too just explore all of Canada 
Honestly, that's my summer plan this year. (laughs) Yes, as it should be. But unfortunately, that concludes today's fun segment. And so that concludes our episode. Thank you for listening. And we hope you learned more about mental health. Um, If you are struggling, we really highly recommend recommend, um, checking out the resources in our description. And as always, um, rate our podcast five stars on whatever platform you're listening to. And be sure to follow us and subscribe. And to tease our next episode, we will be talking about Eleanor and Park by Rainbow Rawwell. So um, be sure to keep an eye for that. And thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.